0: So to wrap up what we've been doing uh, on the whole armor of God, we will be in Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse ten this morning. I'm going to back all the way up to where we began and kind of go through this and and uh, do a little bit of a a wrap up and a touch up <clears throat> in Ephesians chapter six, and we'll start reading in verse ten. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God All the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Father and our God, again, I come to you this morning to say thank you for another day of life and thank you for another opportunity to be in your house. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to to share your word and spread your word this morning. I ask for you to open our hearts and minds to what you would have us to gain from this morning's uh, message. Father, I I pray for those that are traveling, those that are out sick. You know all the different circumstances. I just pray for Your guidance and Your direction for each one. Father, we thank You. We love You. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, read with me. We're going to jump through these. I'm going to point out some things <clears throat> that I want to know. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand. Verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness. Verse 13, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. In verse 14, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, and and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel. Verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. And you're going to use that shield to extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Verse 17, receive or take the helmet of salvation. Receive or take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Question How am I, a, a carnal, mortal being, supposed to do these things? Did you see all the action in these verses? Do, do you see what I've been instructed to do in a spiritual battle? Do you you understand that he started off in verse 10 with um, finally be strong in the Lord? And and then he goes to listing all the things that I must take up and put on. And and he's told me to to stand in this battle, to withstand in a battle that he's already told me is not a physical battle. And that in, in all of this, I can't use physical tools. So he's went through this whole thing, pointing out the armor that it's going to take just not for me to go defeat Satan. He didn't send me out to war with Satan. He's done defeated Satan. He sent me out to just stand and withstand. So how am I, a carnal being, going to be able to stand in this spiritual battle? Because let me assure you, in all of life, in every avenue, in every aspect of life, when you begin to understand that everything that you go through day to day, the big and the small, when you begin to realize that it's a spiritual battle, then you'll have a better shot at being able to stand in these battles. He's told us that that Satan's going to come at us, the evil one's going to come at us with all these fiery darts. That he's gonna be shooting and, and and he but he also tells us that with this shield of faith, I'm gonna be able to quench all of those. My faith is where I'm, I'm gonna stay behind no matter what Satan's throwing at me. It's my faith that's gonna defend off all of those fiery darts. So how am I, a carnal man, going to be able to do that? How am I going to be able to fasten up the belt of truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness? I'm a carnal man. It's a spiritual war. There's got to be some other element to this because as I sit and read this and I sit and look at this and I understand what Paul's saying and and where it's coming from and Paul goes on to say that he is an ambassador in chains meaning he's in prison at this point when he writes this at some point we know by looking at other parts of the Bible that Paul was directly chained to a Roman soldier He was that guy's responsibility was Paul and Paul alone and he was chained to him around the clock so we know that Paul is set either right now while he's writing this at at some point, and he's looked at this Roman soldier and he's looked at the defensive mechanisms and the offensive mechanisms that he would use for a war. And he's tied these into this spiritual application for you and I as Christians. And he started off by telling us, first of all, this ain't about your strength. It ain't about how strong you are. It ain't about how good you are. finally, Lean wholeheartedly with all you got into the strength of God. And then he goes to tell us, just stand. Sometimes, some days, the fight is so tough that it's all you can do to just remain upright. And he explains to us how to do that and the weapons that it'll take and the defense that it'll take to do that. But I'm a carnal man. I'm only flesh and blood. So, when I think of getting behind my shield of faith, how and I mean, what is that really like To, to accept and receive the helmet of salvation and the Word of God as the sword of the Spirit? What, how, there's got to be another element to this where there is, and it's in verse 18. And it's where we're going to be this morning to wrap all this up and tie all this together. This is how we as Christians are going to be able to receive or take up, or put on, or all of those verbs, all of those action words that we've been reading over the last several weeks, this is where it comes from. This is what makes it possible. This is the the bow that kind of ties it all together. This kind of gift wraps that whole process. Without this element, it's impossible. Verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for... All the saints. Now, now, now there's 14 different ways to preach about prayer. And I and I and I can think of 16 of them. And I, I'm going to do all I can. I made you this promise last week. I'm going to do all I can to stay focused on where I'm supposed to be this morning as I talk to you. We're going to talk about prayer, but we're going to talk about it in the ways that Paul is specifically pointing out right here in front of us because there's so many other elements to it. So what I'm telling you is that this morning, them glasses are not going to make it all the way through this thing. That this morning, I'm going to try to concentrate on, on what Paul's telling us about prayer in this particular application, but this is not a complete sermon of prayer. There's going to be a lot of things that as I'm preaching this, and as we're talking about this, some things are going to come to your mind and go, why didn't he mention, because I'm trying to stay with this because again there's a whole lot to say about prayer and the importance of prayer but i want to I want to bring it the way that Paul was talking this morning and the first thing that I notice is how many times in those two in that verse verses 18 yeah yeah verses that in verse 18 how many times he said the word all I don't think paul's expecting us to go into this half-heartedly <laughs> I think think He's pretty clear that He's expecting us to go all in this morning. That He's not talking about a sometimes when I eat prayer life. That's, That's not what He's talking about. He's not referencing the when I'm in need prayer life. This this is something more than that. What it's going to take for us as Christians to be able to withstand everything that Satan's coming at us with and every fiery dart is going to be a consistent, all the time, all-inclusive prayer life. Not not just a hit or miss every once in a while when the preacher calls on me in church kind of thing. This is deeper than that. This is more serious than that. This is an element of our relationship with our maker that is probably failing the most. And it and it's and it's understandable because think about it, men and Amanda do a lot of um counseling and premarital counseling and all kinds of different things for different people. And one of the things we always mention we don't in premarital counseling, we don't try to talk about all the things that people fight about in their marriage. Right? That would take years and years. But we try to cover the most popular things or the most popular reasons for divorce in our country. And one that's always in the top five is communication. We're, we're not good at communicating. None of us. All right, so that's also true in our relationship with God. We're not good at communicating. There's a few things about prayer that you and I need to understand so that we can improve that part of our relationship with our Father. The first thing I want you to notice is everything God created, you believe He created for a purpose, right? And He created it the way it is for a purpose, right? All right. The first thing you need to notice is He gave you one mouth And two ears. You should listen twice as much as you talk. Hey, I preached that in the mirror this week. Trust me. I struggle with that one. Here's something else unique about your mouth and ears. You have the ability to close your mouth and you don't have the ability to close your ears. Communication is critical between us and our Father, and we're, we stink at it. We stink at communication overall. A lot of times, do you know how many teach uh, how many churches have been busted up over poor communication misunderstandings? Do you know how many people are not in church this morning because of a misunderstanding that they're mad about? Do you know how many people are struggling with their relationship with their Creator because of poor communication? Hey, it's an issue that you and I need to look at and look at what Paul says about this. Look at this. Praying at all times. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. He's going to put verse 10 up here on the boards for us. I'm going to give you a, most of you are familiar with this. Um, and I'm going to give you a brief, quick rundown for those of you that may not be familiar with it. There was a time. <clears throat> When the guy by the name of Darius was king, and there was all of these people that were out to get this feller by the name of Daniel, they didn't like Daniel. They didn't want. Nothing, they didn't want da- Daniel was in a higher place than they thought he ought to be, and they they tried to find something to bring against Daniel, and they couldn't. The only thing they could figure out was that Daniel was praying to his God on a regular basis. So they go to this Darius king guy and they go, "You need to sign this this into law right here. Here's what we want to do." Anybody that chooses to worship, anybody besides you for the next, and they set a time period, I think it was 30 or 60 days, I don't remember 100%, and I just read it yesterday, they're going to get thrown in the lion's den. And we want you to sign this thing up so it can't be changed. Because see, Darius liked Daniel. But these governors and these other folks didn't like Daniel. So they knew that when he signed it, it had to be in stone or, or he wouldn't ever stick to it. And they knew they were trying to set up Daniel. And the Bible says, look what, what the Bible says. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed. So this is, this didn't take Daniel by surprise. He didn't do this just because he always had and he didn't know any better, right? When he knew that the document had been signed, He went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He wasn't hiding. You see that? It it wasn't by surprise. It wasn't because he didn't know the law existed and he wasn't hiding. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Look at this last statement. As he had done previously. This wasn't the first day that Daniel prayed. Daniel had a a prayer life intact. You see that? It was a habit for him. He'd done it on a regular basis and nothing would take him off of that mark. Nothing would take him out of that habit. Nothing would change that. He He had a prayer life. He had a habit of prayer. Now Daniel gets arrested and gets thrown in the lion's den and most of you know that story, right? And, and Darius gets up the next morning and goes running to the lion's den expecting the absolute worst and what does he find? Daniel's unharmed. Is that because Daniel prayed that night? Why? Because he had a good working relationship. That's where that favor comes from. This, this Christianity thing that you and I are trying to walk this world in, it's not easy. It's not easy. But it's not a genie in a bottle either. It's not that I get to go to God when I need something and, and, and rub on the bottle and He pops out and grants. That's not what this is. This is an a ongoing relationship And the only chance that I have surviving the attacks of Satan... Listen, they're coming if they ain't here right now. If it's not on you right now today, it's coming. And I'm not talking about people that are dying. People that are dying, if they are Christians, are actually winning the battle, not losing it. Right? Because that's where our reward is. The ones that are struggling in the battles are those that are left behind to grieve and mourn. Those are the fiery darts where Satan tries to knock you off because of the loss of a loved one. Listen, if that loved one knows their final destination, they're not lost. They didn't lose anything. They gained it all. So it's you and I that's left here behind that have to continue in this fight and in this battle. And and, and a part of winning... And not just winning, but just being able to someday just stand because it hurts so bad. It's going to be determined by what kind of position and what kind of shape our prayer life is in. Look at it again. What does Paul say? Praying at all times. Daniel had a habit of prayer. Um, they're going to they're gonna run some verses across the screen up here. Um, don't try to get to all of them because we're, I'm just going to do like I did that one and explain it to you. If you would like, you can write these down and go back and check me on them and make sure I'm telling the story correctly. First Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says, Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? I mean, surely He can't mean that I spend my days on my knees all day. No. It's just a constant discussion, a constant open means of communication with my God that never ceases. In other words, it's not about my, my posture. It's not about me being on my knees, on my face. Is that necessary sometimes? Sure it is. Sure it is. But is it necessary in order for God to hear me? No. Now, I can be in conversation with God at all times. Obviously, I can or Paul would not have instructed me to do it, right? Pray without ceasing. This is a habitual habit of prayer, of constantly being in communication with God. And again, prayer is conversation with God. And conversation is two-way communication. In other words, if all the conversations between me and Amanda is her listening and me talking, that is not communication. That is not conversation. It's two-way. So all of my, so all of my conversations, with well, God can't be me just talking. He gave me one mouth and two ears for a reason. I should listen twice as much as I talk. He gave me the ability to close my mouth and didn't give me the ability to close my ears. Think about that. The Bible tells us to be quick to hear and slow to, and we're the opposite of that, 90% of us most days. Right? So this is two-way communication. Listening, listening to what God has to say. Keep going with me. Luke 18, 1 through 5. This is the paro, uh, paro. That, That's what happens when you have two words in your mind at one time and they come out as a single word. This is a parable of a widow. Right. So paro would be the same thing, right? Now y'all understand me in my world. Now you understand why God don't always hear what I say because I can't say it right. We're going to get to that in a minute too. That ain't important either. This is a parable of a widow woman who kept coming back to this king looking for justice. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. And this is the parable. And he said, in a certain, this is Christ telling this by the way. In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Not, not a one-time prayer. A habit of prayer. A habit of constantly coming. A habit. This is a prayer life that we're talking about that prepares us for this battle in which we're not called to, to defeat anybody, but just stand. To just be able to withstand everything that's going to come our way. Go to Luke 21 chapter 31. So, also, when you see these things taking place, you may know God is neither. I mean, gave Him the wrong thing. And what's worse than that is, if I gave Him the wrong thing, I wrote it down wrong. It's going to be Luke. Y'all give me just a second chapter 21 Ah Chapter to Luke chapter 21 36. It's 36, yes! So how did I get 31 out of 36? Look, I was close. It was in the 30s. Luke 21. Since y'all have already flipped there, let's go ahead and start at 34. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with disposition and drunkenness. And look at this. Cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Who's exempt from this coming? It's coming on everybody that is on the face of the earth. But stay awake, in verse 36, at all times praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Stay awake at all times, being aware of what's taking place around you, praying that you may have the strength to withstand. This isn't talking about, Paul is not talking about a one-time throw-it-up- and hope it makes it through the ceiling prayer. This is a way of life. This is a constant habit of prayer that's ongoing Communication between me and my Father in all areas of my life, not just here and there, but for it to be constant. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans chapter 12 verse 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Constant. So we've seen pray without ceasing, we've seen stay awake and pray, and now we've seen constant in prayer. So verse 18 starts with praying at all times. This is not a once in a while, how in the world am I a carnal man going to be able to put on the whole armor of God? I mean, I've been hearing this all of my life, my whole church life. Even as a kid, you remember going in the Sunday school room and there's a picture of that soldier there and it's got the little arrows drawn to the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth and we've all seen that. I knew they wasn't going to make it. We've all seen that. So, how in the world do I am I able to put on this armor that is so important for my survival? It's through prayer. At all times. When is the attack coming? When is the next dart going to be fired? So you got to be ready at all times. Because the one time you're not ready is when the attack will come. And then there you'll be. Boy, this is fixing to get exciting. Y'all think <laughs> this is fixing to get silly. I can't nothing I can do, man. I got to have them. Golly, that'll make you cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, have you got something that might work? Look, if... Woo! <laughs> Good grief, I can see the grains of the wood in this paper. Holy smokes, man, you're blind. But I sure do appreciate it, though. Wow, that's made out of oak. (laughs) Ah, that's funny. Praying at all times, and the second thing is in the Spirit. In the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. This is not the first time we've seen or heard this either. Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27. I'll show you something. Sometimes I'm to a point that I don't even know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I mean, I'm in such a mess and such a bad place in my mind and in my soul that I don't know what to say. I, I, I really don't. Well, good news. Good news. Let's read this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us In our weakness, for we do... I'm not the only one. Look at what this says. We do not know what to pray. I'm not the only one, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So when I don't even know what to say, when I'm in that place when it's so hard and it's so thick and it's so heavy and and my mind is so janked up that I don't even know how to pray, what to say, what to ask for, if I'll just make that effort, this is what he's talking about when he says, in the Spirit. Go to 27 for me, right? It's going to be hard not to chew on these. (laughs) And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So, on my behalf, the Spirit intercedes with just the right things. Things that I can't, even if I was smart enough to know, things that I can't even know that's too deep groanings too deep for me to understand that, that, that's that's what that's what this this is a a a a lifestyle of prayer a prayer life a habit of prayer a constant coming an ongoing communication between me and God and in those times when I don't and it says in praying in the spirit it doesn't even know if I even know how to pray or not I mean, it doesn't even matter if I know how to pray or not. Because the Spirit's going to speak on my behalf anyway. So just the right things. See, it's more about having my heart in the right place and my mind in the right place and the understanding that if not for the grace of God, I don't have a chance anyway. He goes on to say, with all prayer and supplication. And I stopped and did just a little bit of a word study for you on this one. <clears throat> when he starts talking about prayer and supplication, I found a couple of places where they list um, in Scripture uh, four different kinds of prayer. And and um, intercession, supplication, prayer, and there was another one. But... For these two words, where they're placed and, and where they are right here, what we're studying, um, I went and did a little word study, and that word "prayer," the, the original word, I will not try to say. Hey, ain't no sense in that. Just give y'all some other reason to laugh at me. But the word that we get prayer from in this particular is an exchange. So, so think about that. Conversation, an exchange. It's it's just me talking to God and me listening to God. Communication, two-way conversation. It's an exchange. Supplication is heartfelt petition that comes from a deep personal need. A heartfelt petition. Prayers and supplication. Looks he's talking about everyday communication, just in exchange, and he's also talking about when it gets to that point where you've got that deep personal need. you see you see that you see the two differences there. you see the two different things Paul's talking about um, <clears throat> with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. To that end, talking about your prayer life, right? To that end, talking about prayer and supplication from from just basic exchange and communication to a deep heartfelt need. Whatever the situation, you see this? To that end, what does he say? To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. This isn't a day to day uh and every other day um genie in a bottle um please lord bless me with this this is this is an ongoing all day every day perseverance type prayer life it's it's constant it's 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 a foundation in your life in order for it to accomplish you remember um the disciples were trying to cast out a demon and, and they couldn't make it happen. They tried and they tried, and Jesus comes on the scene and, and he speaks and the demon flees, and afterwards they're all gathered up, and the disciples are over here going, Jesus, we tried that. What what couldn't what 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 and he said this one can only be removed by prayer and fasting. Do you think they hadn't prayed? They had prayed, but but their prayer life wasn't consistent enough to be, and they hadn't added what needed to be added to those prayers to make it successful. In other words, sometimes... it. Things in life require more than other things, right? Sometimes things are bigger than... Some things are bigger. Some some occasions are bigger. Some things that we face are larger. God wants to be involved in all of them. And depending on the particular circumstance... But here's the thing. Your prayer life has to be consistent. You know, there are things that Scripture tells us can hinder your prayers... <laughs> the first one that comes to my mind, listen to me husbands, the first one that comes to my mind, Scripture tells me that as a husband, if I mistreat my wife, my prayers can be hindered. Man, this this prayer thing is intricate. (laughs) This, this, This is important stuff. This is great big stuff. Listen, let's keep going. I'm going to get finished. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication. Oh, this is good stuff. Making supplication for all the saints. Now, we said prayer was, was the exchange, just a conversation. And supplication was a heartfelt petition. Do you know that the majority of time petition y'all know what a petition is, right? when you try to get others making supplication for all the saints. Now remember where Paul's mindset is. Remember what we're talking about. Let's don't get off track here. Let's keep our context moving right along. He's talking about soldiers. Right? He's been talking about a war and a battle. So who do all the saints represent in that scenario? Would it not be my fellow soldiers? Would it not be the people that are in this battle with me? Huh? Would it not be that the saints... Is anybody exempt from what we're looking at here? No, so the Christians that are in this battle with me, are are these saints are going to be my fellow soldiers. In other words, sometimes, no matter how good my prayer life is, sometimes I need your prayers. Sometimes I need to be praying for you. Sometimes it's so deep and it's so big that you can't even muster up the energy to pray no more. And what's holding you up and propping you up and keeping you standing in this time is the prayers of the people around you. And if that's true for you, guess what? It's also true for others. So that means you need to be mindful. Huh? And praying for other people. You know, sometimes this, this prayer thing gets blowed off. We take it too lightly. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, we think when somebody tells you that I'll be praying for you, and some people are. Just, okay, move along. But sometimes it's the absolute most important thing you could possibly be doing. Sometimes I found myself in situations where I told people, just pray for us. It wasn't to get off the phone with you. It's because it was the most important thing I could possibly ask you to do at that time in that moment. And I know sometimes we look at that and go, well, he just don't want me there. He won't let me. Or, No, 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 no. I need you. (laughs) I need you. I need you praying for all the saints. I need you. Look at Paul reaches out right here. After he says that, after he says pray for all the saints, then he asks for a special prayer for himself. This is Paul with a prayer request for himself. You see that, right? If you think the man who wrote the majority of the New Testament is requesting prayer, don't you think there's coming a day when I'm going to need it? Always, without ceasing, with all perseverance, without stopping, for all the saints... We all need it. I need it, I need to be on my P's and Q's because maybe there is a time in my life where the devil's not throwing darts. Maybe, maybe there is that day. That doesn't mean it's a day off because I've got plenty of fellow soldiers around me that could use those prayers. When when someone asks for you to pray for them, please don't take that lightly. And listen to me, don't wait for somebody to ask. Right? Sometimes you see folks struggling. You know, you may not know the what's going on. You may not know the details of the situation. You just see them and go, "You know what? That brother, that sister's could use some prayers." They ain't got to ask you for it. Just pray. Just pray. But listen, it's got to be a way of life. It's got to be a consistent ongoing, we ain't talking about over meals kind of prayer here. I ain't saying you shouldn't pray over your meals. I didn't say that. Don't leave here saying that. But I'm saying that ain't what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about your prayer life, your walk with, your communication, your exchange is ongoing with God. That you have the ability to not only talk, but to listen and stay awake while you do it. I'm talking about your prayer life. Not whether or not you can pray in public. Not whether or not you have a prayer closet in your house. I'm talking about your habit of prayer. What's it look like? How is it? Be honest with yourself. How is it? Is it important to you? Or is it the first thing in a busy day that I throw to the side have you developed the habit of pray without ceasing where you're in trying to practice the act of being in constant communication with god have you ever even tried that have you ever even thought of that is your prayer life all about your requests and you constantly talking Or does it involve some time of listening? You know, where's the best place, the ultimate place, to hear God's voice? Some people say, I'm just waiting on God to speak. He did! (laughs) And He wrote it down! (laughs) You know, the best place to hear God speak is in His Word. He did speak. Now, some of it you don't agree with and you wish He'd say something else. But do you know, Kevin has pointed out multiple times, especially in in the last few months, that all of these sideways religions start with God spoke to me. If you're hearing God's voice and it ain't lining up with God's Scripture, God's Word, that ain't God's voice you're hearing. (laughs) You better, you better back up. Now, I ain't saying God can't speak to you. I ain't saying that at all. But I'm saying when He does, it'll line up. The best place to hear God is right here in His Word. So in other words, prayer and Bible study go hand in hand is what I'm getting at. Because remember, two ears that don't close and one mouth that does. He wants you to listen as much as you talk. Twice as much, maybe. We're talking about, listen, the the whole armor of God cannot be achieved without prayer. Can't do it. Can't do it. When he says to put it on, This is what He's talking about. When He says to take up, this is what He's talking about. When He's telling you, you've got a shield big enough to defend all the fiery darts. You can only attain it through prayer. If you ain't talking to God, what's your faith in? Right? It's constant. It's ongoing. It never ceases.